invite the Lord again and anew to come speak to us. Come Holy Spirit, renew our minds and our hearts and our souls. May they be fertile soil, Lord, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures and this great mystery to us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. This second Sunday of Lent, every single year, we read one of the passages of the transfiguration of Jesus. Partly the church recognizing that typically we begin Lent really excited, like, okay, this is the year I'm going to kill it. This is the year I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to give alms. And come Easter time, I'm going to be a saint. Like, we're, this is going to be great. Week and a half in, we're like, what happened? I ate a steak on Friday. I don't even know what prayer is. About as selfish as a person can be, right? Like, we just like zero on the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So the church gives us this, this passage every single year, like to encourage us in the midst of the difficulty of Lent to press on. To press on, we see a foretaste of the heavenly glory of Christ that we are given as well. And I had a homily prepared and got up this morning and was praying through the homily, preparing for this morning's Mass. And I felt the Lord like say, okay, let's, let's toss the beginning. Let's focus on this one point and kind of expand from there. So, so that point is um, two things essentially. One is to trust that God desires our greatest good. It's to trust that God desires our greatest good. It's connected to last week. We said that the fundamental temptation of Satan, right, is to convince us that we are not sons and daughters of the Father, that God is not a loving Father who longs to bless us, but he's a tyrant, right? He's a tyrant who wants to smash us in some way or cast us off, but not a loving and provident Father. So for us to continue in that vein of of trusting that God desires our greatest good. And in that, from that place, the second thing is to persevere in prayer, to persevere in faith. Even if it seems like whatever we want, we're not getting. And I I take that from a kind of tangential thing, maybe a little bit in this gospel, but St. Peter, right after the transfiguration of Jesus, where he's seeing the glory of God piercing through the humanity of Jesus. It's like the Lord lifted the veil. He lifted the veil, and he's allowing him to see a glimpse of his divinity in his humanity. And St. Peter gives probably the understatement of all history, right? It is good that we are here. Yes, St. Peter, it is good that you're here. Pretty cool thing. And then he says this, like, let's build three tents. Like, let's stay here. Let us remain in this place. Like, that's the desire that that St. Peter puts before Jesus. 
But Jesus has another plan. Jesus' plan is not to stay there, which that was a great desire from Peter. Hey, this is a foretaste of heaven. This is amazing, Lord. Let's stay here. And Jesus is like, no, we got another plan. We're going back down the mountain. And I imagine especially when they got back down the mountain, St. Peter's like, uh, about those three tents, Lord. Like, can we get back up there? Because what they found down the mountain, St. Luke doesn't tell us, what St. Matthew does, was there was like a big commotion down there because there was somebody possessed by a demon and all this crazy stuff. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, can we go back up? Can we get back up there? But I say that because Peter has this desire, this prayer, this petition to the Lord that's not fulfilled. But God doesn't answer his prayer in that sense, doesn't answer his request because he has something greater in mind, which ultimately is heaven. And those doors aren't going to be opened up unless Jesus goes down the mountain and Peter goes with him and they walk through the passion, the crucifixion where it seems like all is lost, but then ultimately the resurrection and it opens up those doors. And so for us, right, like as maybe we, we've had this experience with the Lord or maybe you haven't, but you're calling out to him, like all of us have something, at least one thing a day, right? Maybe many things, sometimes over a long period of life. Like, hey, Lord, this thing. I need this thing. I want this thing to be different. And, and sometimes we feel like the Lord's not answering that. You know, we have to trust. Like St. Peter, hey, Lord, maybe we're going to be down the mountain for a little bit. We're going to be walking. Maybe we're even going to pass through the cross. That you have a greater plan, even if I can't see it right now. Which is hard. It's hard. But we have to be convinced of that thing, right? God desires our greatest good. Why? Because when we were sinners, he died on the cross for us. And... And in that, to persevere in faith, to persevere in prayer, empowered by the Holy Spirit. I give an example from my own life um, because it's kind of one of the, the bigger ways the Lord has taught me this lesson. When I, I was at LSU sophomore year, had a conversion, kind of out of nowhere, this idea of entering the seminary came. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm not going to do that. Kicked and screamed as much as I could, end up in seminary. So I'm in seminary. I'm like, okay, Lord. Here's the deal. Tell me, like if I'm supposed to be a priest, tell me now so that I can lock in and study as much as I can and pray as much as I can and be formed to be a good priest. And if I'm not, then let's just get this thing over with. I can check this off the box, go home, and do something different. So I'm I'm praying this for a while, right? And then like after two years of seminary, I'm like, hey, Lord, kind of would be nice to have this thing figured out, right? My face has been on that poster for two years. Yeah, yeah, you all know the poster, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Come on, you know? Like, let's, let's do this. Help me. Lord, I need to know. Just tell me, like, isn't it a good thing? Wouldn't it be a good thing for you to tell me if you want me to do this or not? Like, come on. I'm not asking for something bad. Another year goes by, and I'm like, okay, bro. Come on. Tell me. You know, there's a period, really, like, after those first two years of the next two and a little bit years where I'm just like, Lord, you are killing me. Like, tell me. Do you want me to do this or not? 
And I was really praying for enough trust to surrender completely. And I'm just, I'm like going to every retreat that is offered. I'm going to all these pilgrimages. I'm like praying more. And I just feel like sometimes I would kind of get to that point, like, oh, like maybe, maybe not. You know, like, no, you know, I just, I just need to kind of take a step back. And it's like, you don't trust the Lord enough. No, no, I, I do trust him. And I'll go forward. I'm like, oh, okay, this is freaking me out. Like, this is terrible interior battle back and forth. Like, Lord, just tell me, man, like, it's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for me. Like, what's the deal? And so four years in, I, I start this 19th annotation, and, and it's a fancy word for like six or seven months of more intense prayer and meeting with the spiritual director once a week while I'm doing my regular seminary stuff. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, now, time. Like, it's time. So I'm going through this, and about halfway through, the seminary is like, hey, um, so we need to know if you're going to be ordained a deacon or not. And I'm like, yeah, so do I, right? (laughs) So do I. I'm asking the question, and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. And so I go in the midst of this 19 annotation during Christmas break. There's like four days of a silent retreat. And at the end of those four days, I have to come back and tell the seminary, like, am I in or not in for this whole deacon thing, preparing for the priesthood? And so I go in, and I'm just like, Lord, what's up, bro? Come on. Tell me. You're killing me. And, in, and during that time, really some of the, like, say, darkest prayer that I've had, like nothing, nothing. Probably one of the moments in my life where I was like closest to despairing, like, is this ever, am I ever going to get this right? Is this ever, am I ever going to figure this thing out? And so I was in this particular prayer time where I'm just like exhausted and I'm, I'm done and nothing, like just wall, nothing. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, God, hey, we just, I'm just be real honest, man. Like, I'm really grateful that I'm not where I was six years ago doing a bunch of stupid things, okay? Really grateful for that. Thank you. And I'm, I'm grateful that I don't want to be back there doing those stupid things. Thank you, Lord. You know this prayer I've been praying for, like, more trust and to trust you enough to do whatever you want me to do and, like, to figure out what you want me to do? Just going to be honest. I can't thank you for that because you haven't answered that prayer. And, like, I don't know what the heck else to do. I get that I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying hard. And I just feel like I'm hitting a wall. Nothing. So here I am. I'm just going to bed because that's what I got right now. Hopefully I can go to sleep. I go to sleep, and the next day I'm talking to my spiritual director, and I'm just rambling about whatever, right? And he says a couple of things, and something kind of clicks. And I'm like, oh, smokes. Like, wow, okay. So the rest of the retreat kind of changes a little bit. And ultimately, like my last prayer time of that retreat, I'm in uh, this church, um, St. Francis of Assisi on State Street, uptown New Orleans. And it like really clicks at that moment. It's like, holy smokes. Okay. God loves me no matter what, what I do. And I knew that like intellectually, but somehow they like sunk down into my heart somewhere where I wasn't believing it, like the Lord really loves me no matter what I do, whether I become a priest or don't become a priest, 
whether I do really stupid things or don't do stupid things, right? The Lord, he loves me. And I'm just like, what? And so there's this moment where literally I'm running up and down the aisle of the church, right? Yeah, like a crazy person, hands up, whole deal. So I, I firmly believe that if there's a security camera in that church, yeah, yeah, that the staff is like, hey, we're having a bad day. Put the video on of the guy running up and down, saying God loves me, you know, like, it's always fun. <laughs> so, so come off of that, and it and, um, takes, takes a couple of months or so, though, and, and I, I really settle into this place where we're like, okay, Lord, I, I think you want me to be a priest, and I want to. And this is great. And there's trust and there's freedom. Let's go. So on the back end of that, I'm like, okay, God, this is great. Like, I'm really excited about where we are, right? This is good. But hey, another honest, another honest question for you. Why did it take so long? And why was this so freaking painful? Like, for real, man. Like, why? And, and as I'm asking the Lord this, I feel like the Lord kind of gave me this image as an answer, he said, okay, Andrew, like, let's say you had this home and you got this yard and your prayer, like a symbol of your prayer is that you wanted this beautiful, majestic oak tree in your yard. He said, you know what I could have done is I could have transplanted a fully grown tree and put it right there. I could have taken one right off the LSU's campus and the parade grounds, like pop, boom, now it's in your yard. Don't tell LSU, right, you know, literally will kill you. Um, so the Lord said, if I did that, then most of the root system would be gone from the tree. Because when you transplant, you cut out so many of the roots. You plant that tree, and then you need, for a big tree like that, you have to have all these, these huge poles and cables to hold it up. In order for it to get water, you literally have to go right to the trunk and pour water right on top of it. And all the beautiful foliage, because the, the energy of the tree is going to want root system. All the beautiful foliage is going to decrease so that it's just like roots, 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 just trying to bear, to, to pour down some roots. He says, but instead, what I could do, and, and the thing is, right, in that tree, it's fragile. Like if a storm comes, it's got all this outside support that it could crash and burn. But if instead I plant an acorn and the roots start growing before you ever see anything, and then you're on your porch and you got your, your cool uh, swing, right? And you're like, the swing is bigger than the tree. Like, hurry it up, Lord, come on. But as the tree grows, eventually it is big. And what it has is a root system that if it rains over there, you can get some water. If it rains over there, you can get some water. Right? If a storm comes, the roots are strong enough that, yeah, a limb or two may fall off, but it's, it, it can hold itself up. And so this tree is substantiated with a deep root system. This is what you're praying for, and, and this, this base of your vocation, right, of this trust in your vocation needed to have deep roots, needed to be substantiated. So you weren't ready you weren't ready for it until I gave it to you. And so on the back end of that, I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense, right? I get it. It's good. And I'm grateful for it now. Very grateful for it. 
So if, if you're like Peter, if you're like me, again right now, like the no, so other things in my life, like, hey, Lord, come on. Like if this thing, if you could make this thing be different, be super fantastic. Trust this. God desires your greatest good. God desires your greatest good. Persevere in faith and persevere in prayer. If the Lord is not answering how you want right now, then it's basically one of two things. He has a greater gift for you. Now that greater gift may not be a material thing, like could be his very life. But it might not ultimately be until heaven, who, who knows, but like he has something greater. You know, for me, I said, there are many unanswered prayers in my life. Old joke, right? I'll make it again. Like, if the Lord answered all the prayers that I prayed, I would have been married 10 times. Um, you know, wouldn't have been a priest. Bunch of unlucky girls uh, would have had those prayers answered. The Lord was answering their prayers more than mine, but I appreciate it. Um, so that's true, right? The Lord had something different for me, a greater gift for me personally. Not that it's greater than being married, but for me it is because it's the vocation the Lord had for me. Then secondly, maybe if the Lord, if it is for you, he's preparing you to receive it. If for whatever reason, you're not ready. Some deeper roots. Maybe, maybe the, the soil needs to be tilled. Some rocks need to be removed. Thorns need to be cleared out to be prepared for a strong foundation and deep roots of what the Lord wants to give. So that petition today, we lay it very honestly, very humbly, very confidently on the altar as we come before the Lord, confident in two things. God desires your greatest good. We look at the cross, and we know that. And we pray that by the Holy Spirit, we can persevere in faith and persevere in prayer to receive what the Lord wants to give. In Hebrews, in Hebrews it says, chapter 10, um, you need patience to do God's will, right? To receive the promise that he has given. It's patience, trusting, confidence in the Lord's goodness. And so let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, we pray to persevere in faith and in prayer, confident that the Father is a father who raises his hands to bless and never puts them down and that he desires our greatest good.